You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York Brian. Scott. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Ho, ho, ho. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, how did you enjoy the big day? I had a good Christmas, actually. I find myself in a foul mood today, but I'm not sure why. I actually had... <laughs> I, I really did enjoy Christmas. Um, I don't know about you. Did you find yourself um, overcompensating for Christmas this year and spoiling your kid? I have two children. You only have one. But I went... Me and my wife went kind of crazy for Christmas this year, uh, just in a seeming desperate attempt to find some joy in 2020 (laughs) (laughs) yeah my kids had a great christmas and i enjoyed it oh well that's good well like what was the what was the big ticket item that they got well nate got this like really insane um hot wheels thing garage i saw you sent a a, you sent a picture to us it's like almost as tall as he is and he's a pretty big kid it's huge it's humongous yeah Uh, and it's this in, uh, intense purchase. I just, you know, it is funny because you can, things are so cheap now. You can get a ton of stuff. Like I bought my daughter like a telescope that was like 35 bucks, you know. Oh, that's cool. And like a digital camera thing that was like $25. That looks like an awesome gift, but really it was pretty cheap. Um, So, you know, we live in this wonderful age of cheap consumer products, I guess. So, yeah. you know, all in all, I probably didn't go as crazy as it felt like. But... Um, I got my son two lightsabers, which was Ooh. hours of fun. I have to say, I feel like those lightsabers redeemed the whole concept of children for me. <laughs> <laughs> what are they? Is it like, it's like a sword, but it glows or is it cooler than that? It's basically that, but it makes the cool lightsaber sound. Oh, and that's big. The sound is w- big. It is. It's crucial. But it, it, you know, outside at nighttime, like we had some pretty oh, epic yeah. battles. Yeah, I'm sure. So it was fun. I feel like all I've been doing for the last like three days is dueling with my with my <laughs> son Nate and trading off. I keep yelling at him. I don't know if you ever saw the the third of the the remakes ones, but there's this great scene where Obi Wan Kenobi screams at Anakin Skywalker. You were supposed to be the chosen one. <laughs> so I've just been yelling that at my son, Nate. <laughs> you were supposed to bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness. Now, has he, he seen the movie it. or that's just a totally unreferenceable statement to him? No, he's seen the movie. and okay. he, So he loves it. Oh, that's <laughs> in fact, great. He's been telling me to say it again. So now, now I have to say it yeah. over and over again. <laughs> well, I, you know, I have experience with your son. Your son is very good at or for play fighting. He is a top level roughhouser. Right. <laughs> True. Loves it. Loves it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's into it. Like, oh, yeah. 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 In fact, he's like, he wants you to get physical with him. He's yes. like, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the best part. Right. Um yeah, we we did something similar. I mean, I it's hard to, you know, differentiate. I I wouldn't say that quarantine Christmas is necessarily any different, but you know, uh, accurately this uh the wife of a guy that I used to coach with, uh you know, she when when Nicole was pregnant, 
she asked her, is, is this going to be the first grandchild on either side of the family? And Nicole said yes. And to, to this point, Haley is still the, the only grandchild on either side of the family. And this woman accurately said, oh, well, then you may as well name it Jesus Christ because it's going to be the second coming. <laughs> and, and, and that's, you know, what Haley is always around the holidays. So, you know, it's a sea of presents. That's like, true. Yeah, yeah. When it's one grandchild, so everybody's just putting all their effort into this one kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She'll, what a gift for her. Uh, right. She'll have some competition soon. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, you know, she'll have a cousin uh, pretty soon. But I'm uh, sure she'll respond to that without any... <laughs> From what I've gathered from Haley, I will I see her handling that with a plum. <laughs> she does right. There's a very go with the flow nature to herself. <laughs> anyway, all of which to say, I, I enjoyed Christmas this year. It was nice to have a day of like watching kids open presents and feel happy. And you're I, like, well, this is nice. Boy, this is it's nice to be alive, I guess. I, I got to say, I have loved this year, the scaled down holidays this year. I've loved it. Yeah. I really have. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess family is supposed to, I mean, uh, right. holidays are <laughs> So you've enjoyed, to- <laughs> you get the family out of the mix. <laughs> right. I can't see my parents. Most people are really crying about that. You're like, what a gift. <laughs> What a precious gift the right. universe has given us hey. this year. <laughs> COVID's not so bad. <laughs> right. An excuse. <laughs> I am definitely one of those weirdos where I have handled quarantine better than most from an emotional standpoint, I think. Right. You know. Actually, I wanted to ask you about this. Did you hear so I saw it on Twitter, but uh Jeff Van Gundy, I guess, was on the the low post. I love Jeff Van Gundy, not just from his time with the Knicks, although I did, and, and I loved his spirit. But, you know, I just sort of love the the plucky, small coach where maybe the team looks at him and they're like, what is this guy doing here? But in actuality, he is capable of doing a very good job. I love Jeff Van Gundy. I relate to Jeff Van Gundy on, on many levels. Right. Uh, but uh, you, you would know, they would find this funny. He was telling Zach Lowe on a podcast that, he drove to and from the bubble in Orlando where he, you know, lives in uh in Houston now. And he did the 17-hour drive in total silence. No radio, no music, no nothing. Oh my god. 17 hours and he said loved it. Would never do loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Nothing? Nothing. Not even a little bit of not a tune, not a no talk radio, a podcast, He's, an audiobook. He said it, it he had a 2-hour thera- phone therapy session as he drove. Wow. But that was it. So that, boy, that's interesting. You know, that's, I like hearing that, that he had a two hour, like, it really shows you, right? Everybody's a disaster. Yeah. Jeff Van Gundy is in his car in total silence, (laughs) only interrupted by a therapy session. Right. I mean, we're all just hanging on for dear life in this crazy world. (laughs) Right. I like hearing that. Yeah, me too. But that's insane. That's madness. That's, that's genuinely alarm. That's almost an alarming (laughs) (laughs) thing. I mean, as you know, I too am a silent car guy. I know, but I seven. I've never done seventeen hours. Yeah, I've never yeah. done that. Yeah, that's extreme. I mean, I can sort of appreciate it with children now. Like, I do love nothing more I like than a good long drive by myself these days. Um, but not in silence. I don't just need my inner monologue cannot be the only, <laughs> the only, the only sound. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I can't just be like, you're not good enough. 
for 17 hours. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. <laughs> You're not working hard enough. You're not doing things right. That's not – that's too much of that. Yeah. Well, someone who could use a silent 17-hour car ride is Jason Garrett. He could drive himself all the way back down to Dallas for all I care. Right. Someone who needs some deep uh, reflection. <laughs> yeah, right. Someone who needs yeah, to so just consider a You're kind way. of noticing this week does seem to be the week that everybody has noticed <laughs> that the Giants' offense stinks. Yeah. I don't know why it took this long, but for some reason, everybody woke up this Monday morning was like, is it just me or is the Giants' offense <laughs> terrible? Right. I don't know why <laughs> it just took it took this long. We've been talking about it for a while, but it seems that the rest of the media, it suddenly dawned on everybody. We saw it a little bit last week. It started last week. There was that one testy exchange with Joe Judge, and now everybody has kind of decided that this is the week um, to really get into it. Yeah. It be- probably began back with the Colombo firing. That's when – the you know you first started the snow the flake started to drop and now the ball is rolling down the hill but right. it, it's the just... bad smell the fan started to be smelled there was one uh, uh you know that kind of first that face you make when you first smell something that doesn't smell right 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 <laughs> those first faces were made yeah and yet I I don't get it I've 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 I smelt it a year ago okay <laughs> like, the day. He got delivered to us. I opened the right. package and I I smelled it right away. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's been like that. I don't know. I, it's I don't understand why other people are just now starting to smell it. Yeah, I don't either. Or why it's suddenly. I guess because we're getting to the end of the year and now it's time to like start looking. And we're not going anywhere. There's been no improvement. There was that little four-game stretch that just got everybody excited about what the Giants were doing, and maybe it felt like everything was going to go well, and there was this like little period of thinking that we were going to maybe not only make the playoffs, but be dangerous if we made it, you know? <laughs> and like, right. And now that's kind of ended, and now every, everything's about looking towards next year, I guess. But even in that four-game stretch, it was obviously it was all about the defense. I mean, I think we had... In our biggest win of the season with Seattle, I believe we had five points at halftime. Is that right? I think we had zero points at halftime. Oh, we had zero. We? Yeah. They had five points. Oh, they was, had five. It was five nothing at the half. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, there you go. We couldn't even get the five. Yeah, yeah. But, right. I just, the whole year, the offense has been terrible. There's, there's, There hasn't been a point in the year where it's like, okay, the offense is even frisky. You know, it's just... The defense has carried us the entire way, and the offense has been holding us back the entire way. And, uh, you know, everybody, uh, like, also, has there been an offensive player that has substantially improved this year? I guess the line, Andrew Thomas, Andrew you'd Thomas, say, right? Yeah. yeah. Nick Gates has become a good player, seemingly. Um, I feel like, no, but it is, it's just like to, to the media, you just want to be like, w- like, catch up, wake up. We're already on, yeah, like Jason Garrett is fired already. Right. Like, in my head, he's gone. Like we have bigger, harder decisions to make than should we get rid of Jason Garrett? Like that to me is like, of course, you know, it's like, if you want to talk about hard decisions, it's like Daniel Jones. Like, should we trade Saquon Barkley? Like, right. <laughs> now, should we trade Evan Ingram? Like those are hard, harder decisions. Like. Jason, firing Jason Garrett is like, should I get dressed this morning? Or, you know, <laughs> should I brush my teeth? 
Like, that's, to me, we're beyond that. That's already, that should be baked into the cake, I think. So, what I, I mean, obviously, I agree. I don't feel like that even needs to be said. But what are the odds, then, you think that that he will get fired? Is it just 10 out of 10? There's just no shot? Is it, like, 8.5 out of 10? Where do, where do you feel about that? I don't know. I really don't know. Like the Giants obviously like him for some reason. They've talked themselves into it, but I think they must understand they have to make, they still have to make a few more big changes. Um, You know, I was thinking about this last night. I'm curious what you think. What do you think this team's record would be if Pat Shermer had been the coach? That's a really good question. So do I think it's much different, I guess, right? So... So is everything else more or less just like we still have Patrick Graham? No. So we have who, – who was the guy? No, Betcher. We yeah. Who, who Betcher. wasn't terrible, though? He wasn't a terrible defense. Like, where is he right now? I don't know. It's a great question. Yeah. Is he, like, in football right now? He must be. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a good question. Uh, He's the defensive coordinator. The defense, it's the same staff. It's the same ta- same players. Yeah, I, uh, I think, I think, I don't think James Betcher is nearly as good as uh, as as Graham has been. I think Patrick Graham is really good, and I think he's been a huge difference maker on the team. And even look this week, Baltimore scored twenty seven points on us. That's not terrible. I mean, yeah, you know, I, it didn't look good a lot of the time, but that's not terrible. Jason, uh, but I don't think Betcher was very good. I don't think he was ever, I don't know. It's weird to talk about a coach never seeming comfortable, but I don't really think, <laughs> like, I, I just feel like we never looked cohesive on defense with him, I don't think. Uh, so then you he brings in, so our defense is definitely worse. So I think, gosh, so right now we have five wins now. So yeah. maybe you take away that Seattle win. Yeah. Even maybe take away one of the Washington wins. But maybe then you replace that with, say, a Chicago, because our offense was better when we had Shermer. Right. I, yeah, I don't think it's diff- much different. I think it's, if anything... It's kind of interesting, though, right? I mean, yeah. it's like, we're all excited about Judge, and I am too still. But it's like, when you take this step back now, especially, like, I think this week actually becomes a pretty big game for the Giants, because, like... Yeah. You know, you lose this game, you're five and eleven. You're talking. You literally won one more game. Daniel Jones is significantly worse. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. You've taken a little bit of a step forward on defense, but not enough. And suddenly, you're like, "Well, what did we do this? Did anything? <laughs> did anything positive happen this year?" <laughs> right. Well, and and you just think about it too. It, it it's another thing to to kind it kind of illuminates how bad we are when you look at. Uh, you're starting to see a couple mock drafts trickle out, but who who are we going to take? I mean, it's almost like, well, what do we need? We need we need another corner, absolutely. We need an edge pass rusher, probably more than anything else. But we also need talent on the offensive side of the ball. So we need a number. I think we need a number one wide receiver above everything else. Really? Personally, you you think even edge rusher or just yes. some some kind absolutely. of pass rush? Absolutely. Yeah. Our defense is fine. We need you win. You win with offense. Your defense fluctuates year to year. Corners are good one year; they're bad the next year. You can't be. It's it's harder to be a good defense year in and year out. 
but you can scheme your way to like being a reasonable defense. I think like, like I would love an edge rusher. I guess. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love an edge rusher. I would like another corner. But I think num- first and foremost, this team needs a number one ride- wide receiver. Yeah. Like it needs a dangerous weapon. Right. On offense. Right. Gosh, it's unbelievable too. It's not like we've ever had one of those on the roster. Not even right. recently. Or... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, I know we wouldn't have had Julius Peppers otherwise, but yeah, I you know look at everything. Go. It's just so funny, like the way things change. You know, suddenly like, you know, Will Hernandez is like not playing anymore and maybe not part of our future <laughs> right all of a sudden that too that looked like a dynamite pick a couple of years ago like um you know i mean just a couple of weeks ago people like the odell trade looked and look the odell trade still doesn't look that bad odell has a serious injury um hasn't really made a difference for cleveland the way you would thought but like you know we've certainly missed missed his services i guess like even more than the Odell trade, like that Golden Tate signing was a real disaster. Yeah. Uh, really was stupid at the time. Didn't make any sense. And there were other guys available when we signed him. Um, we could have had like Crowder or John Brown or someone like that. Um, so we just really whiffed on, on the, the replacement there. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting question of if Shermer were back, would Daniel Jones have bit, had a better year? Um, have we actually done anything, change the franchise in a positive direction? And I, and I still feel like yes, but I'm like, you know, you're more and more like, why am I saying that? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, I guess it's just, I still think that, that judge has things going in the right like judge is what the giants want i think that that more than any the more i think about this season it's really more about judge is a good coach that fits with what the giants want so the giants are going to be happy and they're going to listen to him and he's smart enough that what he has to say is probably going to matter and i think that's that's good like judge is the adult in the room they were hoping Shermer would be and whatever it is you want to say about Shermer, what he just doesn't have is Something that Judge has where when he tells you what to do, you feel like you have to listen. Whereas there was something missing like that from Shermer. But with that said, he put together a much better offense than what we've had this year. With I mean, very similar personnel, if not worse personnel, really. I mean, right. You know, I mean, he had Saquon, you know, so but right, right. But Saquon was also hurt for how many games did he sit last year? Yeah, he was banged up a lot last year. And then when he came back, it took a few games for him to really find his footing again. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting question. Like, I just think the judge thing has been universally praised. And I think for a lot of good reasons, but when you start to like, and I'm not like, Oh man, I really wish we had Pat Shermer. But when you really think of like, what is most important about the giants right now, it it was figuring out, it was making Daniel Jones take a, a next step. And he's been, he's regressed badly. Yeah. And yet, um, people seem to still have this kind of attitude. Like, like this year has has moved us in a positive direction but when you're like when you you know and actually i thought jones as weird as this is going to sound maybe like kind of what you were praising the defense after that baltimore game like i was weirdly impressed with daniel jones is that strange like not that he played great but he just like kept at it you know and and i and he didn't he didn't i didn't think he made a poor decision for most of that game like i don't know i i was strangely pleased with how he played i I don't know if that makes any sense no actually it it makes a lot of sense 
both because I, I do mostly agree with you, but also when you when you're looking at the quotes from the coaches this week, uh, Judge, I mean, you know, I feel like it's been a pretty big story actually in the media the last couple of days about how or well since yesterday, at yesterday's press conference, Judge went out of his way to reassure everybody that Jones is the guy and he sees Jones as the guy next year and it was sort of unprompted and and it's made yeah. some headlines but i think that you know stepanski the qb coach echoed it also in some comments that he made just that they he really thought jones is, has developed well and actually dan duggan tweeted it today uh he asked he followed up with stepanski and asked him for uh a, a, a concrete example of a play during the game and uh, Dan Duggan posted it to Twitter, and all it was was a check down to running back in the flat. Um, but where, you know, Jones actually did have a decent amount of time, which probably one of the rare plays where he had some time on Sunday. Yeah. But he had a decent amount of time. He looked down the field, and he dumped it off, and I guess Stepanski said that earlier in or the Shaplinsky, season. Shaplinsky, you mean. Shaplinsky, yeah. Oh, right. I'm, I'm saying the Browns coach name, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Shaplinsky. Is that, is that it? What? <laughs> it's in that realm of, yeah, yeah. of things. You <laughs> it's know. one of those types of names. Yeah. Right. The QB coach, that guy. Yeah, yeah. He he was saying how earlier in the season, Jones would have tried to force something downfield or he held it way too long and he would have gotten sacked. And this time he just took the easy dump off. It gained like seven yards or something like that. So I just think that I sort of had that general feeling too. And then I felt like, well, maybe I don't really want to say it because it's hard to – what am I looking at? What What is the proof? really that that he had a good game yeah. but i do also think that the the coaches really came out strongly um and it, it's hard to think of a reason why they would unless they believed it yeah well he started to really cut down on the turnovers and i think the giants for that this staff like that was kind of the thing that they really wanted to see and i'm like i get that and i appreciate that on the other hand it's like guys that's all well and good, but he's got to start, you know, moving the ball. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, like turnovers to me, I don't know. I know they're so damaging and limiting them is so important and it's so critical for quarterbacks and the bad ones are the ones who can't stop doing it. But, you know, for I always, to me, like I look much more at production for quarterbacks. Like I want to see touchdowns and pretty high yards per attempt and a guy making things happen. And I'll live with turnovers if that other stuff is there. So it's like, to me, if I'm looking at Daniel Jones, like I get where that would have been the thing you would attack first. But I hope that there's like some kind of understanding in place that like he's got to start doing stuff too. You know, like it's it's all well and good to just not throw interceptions, but he's got eight touch or nine touchdowns, I guess now in whatever however many games. You know, like that's not enough either. Yeah, no. I mean, if you're focusing for a long period of time on a coach, I mean, on a, excuse me, on a quarterback not turning the ball over, chances are he's not a good quarterback. Like, right, right. Like, just don't turn. Just don't ruin anything. Right, right. You know, if that's your approach, then he's not that good. Hopefully, maybe the the thinking is just that, um, you know, we don't have to teach him to to fire the ball downfield. He kind of can do that and wants to do that. What we really need to teach him is to, uh you know, be a little bit more careful and hopefully that's what it is. But I do think the unprompted sort of uh, praise and declaration of job security does mean something and, and correlates with you thinking he had a good game on Sunday. That makes me feel positive anyway. 
Yeah, I, I did. I for some reason, I even though we didn't score, and most people would be like, that was not a great offensive game. I, I was weirdly impressed with what he did. Yes. No. I. I. Yeah. I don't. I think that he definitely didn't kill us. Like we just couldn't do anything. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there was just there was a, nothing a, there. The team was too good for us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That happened. I felt like uh, Randy Quaid and Kingpin. You know, it's like, well, I thought we played pretty good. They were just a little better than we were. <laughs> They're just we did as well as we can do. They're just much better than we are. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I was coaching uh, when I was coaching JV football. We played like the best team in in our division. There's like our in the New York High School Catholic Football League. They have a triple A, a double A, and a single A. We're typically in the double A, and we were playing the best team in the triple A. And there's Porta Johns at the field that we play at, and I was going into one, and out came one of the offensive linemen. Mind you, this kid's a tenth grader, and looked like he could have eaten me as a snack, not even a full right. of, of food. And then so, you know, we got blown out. And then after the game, one of the parents told me that the kids said, like, oh, you know, they were relieved. They thought that we were going to be upset after they got beaten so badly. And it's like, upset about what? Like, you're playing grown men. You, know? right. <laughs> you guys are kids. You know, right. what are we supposed to do? You know, right. I, I agree. Uh, so, Brian, uh, quick uh, quick break for a an ad read here before we get back to some more Giants talk. Uh, did you know that uh, Brooklyn neighborhood, Diker Heights, is known for its Christmas lights? I didn't. Oh, well, I'm excited to hear more about it. Well, it's a neighboring <laughs> it's a neighboring neighborhood to 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 where I live in Bay Ridge, and uh, they they have this whole crazy Christmas setup a couple blocks of Diker Heights. They I mean they really go crazy with it. Uh, Conan O'Brien actually did a special there not too long ago. Well, maybe like 10 years ago now. But, you know, this one family has this giant Santa head outside the house, and it has a microphone in it, I guess. So they let Conan O'Brien go in there, and he was just yelling at people from the street. And, oh. then, and then he went on knocked on the door of, like, the one house on the street that had no lights at all and was like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> they were like, we just <laughs> moved in. I don't, you know. <laughs> we didn't know. Right. So – uh, but anyway, it's it's a pretty big deal out in this area. So we went the other night, and we were there. And I'm pretty sure I saw one of our sponsors there, the City Running Tours. Hey! So if you live in New York City and you run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours des- designed with locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. For more information about the running tours and to see the list of neighborhoods and the full tour schedule, check out their website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash newyorkcity. Not sure if Diker Heights is there. Not really sure if this is who they were. But I was there, and I thought that's who they were. And that's, I think, what matters. (laughs) That's what's most important. Yeah. Uh, All right. So uh, should we talk about some of those tough decisions? So Gettleman gets shown the door in a couple weeks here, and they hire Brian Domena. And Brian Domena is the GM of the New York Football Giants. Uh you install me as the assistant to the traveling secretary, <laughs> a job once held by your grandfather and one of my other personal idols, George Costanza. Uh, I don't expect me to do much, but you're the man in charge. You're making the decisions. Uh, what do we do 
about Daniel Jones. What do we do about Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram. I, I, um, well, one, like, I, I'm like, this goes with the same thing with Jason Garrett. Like, I, I, when people are, like, still acting like this is a question of Dave Gettleman is going to be the GM of this, it's like, there is no way that Dave Gettleman can be can walk back in the building next year. Like, just none. No way! Just an absolute failure for three years. Like, just no way. You know, bring in, we need a new GM who is younger, who, like, can grow with this coach we've got. Like, the idea that Dave Gettleman could conceivably stay in his post is so absurd to me, I, like, can't even believe it. Yeah. That being said, when they do hire me, um... You know, as I've said previously with Daniel Jones, I would I would scout the quarterbacks heavily in this draft. Like, I would do that. I would do my full due diligence. I would take a long look at all of them. I would not rule it out immediately. Um, and then, you know, I would really think about it. <laughs> How good do I think these guys are? And if I thought one was significantly better, I would, I would pull the trigger. Um, if not... I would, I would be, you know, I would be fairly comfortable keeping him, bring him back. I, I still believe that he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he's, you know, on that level. I think he's, he's going to be in the NFL a long time. I think he's, if we don't, he doesn't start for us, he'll start elsewhere. You know, whether that's more like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type career or, you know, better than that, we'll see. Um, Evan Ingram is interesting. What, what is Evan Ingram? Um, no, I actually threw his name out there because I thought you had something in mind because when bef- earlier when you were listing questions, you were saying, what do we do about Daniel Jones? Do no, we, I just mean Evan? like, I, yeah, I just, I don't mean him specifically. I just mean like, I think the Giants could make more interesting decisions. Like they, they can make, there's some harder calls to make. Like I, I've heard someone say before this year, like a trading, trading Saquon, which would obviously be almost impossible to do now. Cause yeah. he's coming off a major surgery. You'd have to, you'd have to, there'd be no point. And he's, his um, contract's coming up too. So it wouldn't be for that long. There's just no reason. I mean, there's just no way to do, you'd get nothing for him. And so why would you do that? But I, I, I just mean more like, you know, to me, it's like the Gettleman Garrett, which seemingly this week suddenly was people were asking those questions as though those were tough calls. <laughs> when to me, that's like the absolute bare minimum the Giants should be thinking. It's like, I mean, I don't think there'd probably be no benefit to trading someone like Ingram either, because like I don't know what his contract status is. If you were going to do that, it probably made sense to do it mid-season when someone might a contender might be willing to like. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that you, there'd be much value in doing that at this point. Yeah. Um, but guys like that, like you still, like, I still think you could make some difficult decisions um, about moving on from players or, you know, they're going to have a lot of tough calls to make. Um, so that was really what I was getting at. It's just that like, I just, we, the Giants, you know, it's again, it's like what we've been talking about. We've been kind of going and, on it for a while but it's just like you didn't get that thing that looked like it was happening when you won four in a row it didn't happen yeah you know yeah so you're now there's a very good chance you end the season five and eleven and ending your season where you started one and seven and then end with an oh and four right and and um you know 
Well, also, how much different is the conversation about the Giants if the NFC East as a whole is not so bad? You know, if the only question of the whole year was, are we going to be in third place or last place? Totally. And I keep hearing this, that like, hey, you wouldn't have signed for like meaningful January football. It's like it's only meaningful because of this, the fluke of all flukes in which we happen to be participating in the worst division of all time. Right. Like this is not nothing has happened here. Nothing. Right. <laughs> it means nothing that right. they are still technically alive to go to the playoffs is completely meaningless. It, it literally could not mean less. It's also right. It's meaningless because I'm not even sure I want to go to the playoffs at, at this point. No. And, I, and people throw that question. I think it's a totally valid question. Like yeah. I, if I had to pick, I'd probably say playoffs. Right. Because who knows? And and. I think if we were to, if you ever got in and you won the playoff game, and let's say Daniel Jones played great in it, we would learn something and that would be a valuable experience for the team. But like, there's not a, you know, if we go in, if we host that game and get killed in front of an empty stadium, (laughs) right? I don't really think that experience is going to be so valuable for building this program, right? I mean, what did we really gain? And then we really would have just lost. 10 picks of draft position in every round. People keep saying the first round. By the way, it it affects every round of the draft, not just the first round. And you're getting valuable picks through like the seventh round in the NFL draft. It's not even like the NBA draft. Right. The second and third rounds are not worthless. Like 10 positions is important in those, in the second, third, fourth rounds. It's not. We got our starting left guard in the fifth round last year. Right. No, like, yeah, we got we get players every year in the third and fourth round. So yeah. it, it definitely makes a difference. Um, That's yeah, very I don't true. know. Like, where have you made a decision on that? Are you like, would you rather win and get in? Or like, what's the best? Would you like rather lose this game and five and 11 and get as good a pick as we win? Would you like to see them win? Like, what do you think? I look. When I'm watching the game, I'm going to be rooting for them to win. That's just it's, – yeah. it's it's impossible to turn off, yeah, especially yeah. seeing Dallas on the other side of it. That yeah, is yeah. – oh, that's just – you can't take yourself out of it like that. But sitting here right now on a Tuesday afternoon, of course I want them to lose this game. The win right. is utterly meaningless. The only, <laughs> only bad can come – I mean, first of all, that's bananas that the range of possible outcomes are division champion, playoffs – at best, at best, the 19th pick or third overall pick, which would be Is worse. That... Yes, that's the range of outcomes on Sunday. Really? Yes. So if we go 5-11 and 11, we could wake up with the third pick? Yes. So here's what has to happen. If, okay. Uh, let me see. So if we, if we lose on Sunday and uh, let's see. Houston, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Philly, and Detroit have to win for us to get the third overall pick. It's not okay. it's not likely. Right, right. Okay. But <laughs> that's that, a lot. Yeah. That outcome is on the table. Right, right, like, right. Uh, I've seen geez, I've seen the uh it, it get predicted that we'll probably end up somewhere around eight. Okay. But yeah. 8 to 19, that's an enormous swing. It's a big deal. Yeah, that's you know? a big deal. And, for and a... I know it's not basketball. It's not the NFL. You know, the NFL draft is different. You can get a good player at 19. You can get a Hall of Famer at 19. Like, right. absolutely true. But it's not nothing either. It's a big jump. 
No, and you're so right because it doesn't get said enough. Then you get the eighth pick in the second round and the eighth pick in the third round as opposed to like the 20th pick in those two rounds. That's where you start to get a big difference in in the quality of the player, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's also, we have no talent. We need so many things. You're saying we need a number one receiver. We definitely need a pass. We just need a pass rusher. It's not going to get it done. We need another guy in the secondary, most likely. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't know. That's a lot of things to need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And sometimes those don't solve everything. You know, it's so funny how, how many years Giants fans have been crying about how we need a middle linebacker. And I don't even think anyone totally understand why we needed a middle linebacker, other than we need a middle linebacker and – you know, the Giants, linebackers, that's, you know, that's like a thing. But so now we have Blake Martinez, and don't get me wrong, the defense is substantially better, but we're still a really shitty team. So, I mean, we need a lot of things, and it just does not make any sense to me because I think you're also right. What does playing a meeting, like a a playoff game, when we don't have a shot to win the Super Bowl? Like, come on. It, you right. know, maybe we maybe we get a first round upset. We're not winning the Super Bowl. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> right. We're not winning. All right, you want to look at somebody like it's like, hey, look, if you get in there, you never know. No, 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 you know. Right. I'm going. To, I need to look at you right in your face. <laughs> we are not winning. The Super Bowl. <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> Just say it. In your, put it in your heart. Say it to yourself. Maybe look at yourself in the mirror and repeat it many times. Right. We are not <laughs> winning the Super Bowl. And I understand that the Giants are probably the only team to ever win a Super Bowl with a bad team. So I get it. I get why we think. <laughs> right. We're predisposed <laughs> think to think it's anything's possible. possible. The 2011 Giants might be the only actual bad team that ever won, won the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. But it's not happening. It's also impossible to describe how much better that team is than, than this, this year's one. Right. team. Right. Than this team. Right. So much better. Infinitely better. Right. Right. So many guys would not have started on that team that are right. starting on this team. Yes. So. Yeah, I, I just think that it, since we're not going to win the Super Bowl, uh, even winning, I think winning that game, honestly, I could see ways where winning that playoff game hurts us because maybe that is makes it so that Jason Garrett has to stay, that the Maras get involved and say, we can't, you know, we just won a playoff game. We're going to fire the offensive coordinator. So I, I just don't know yeah, yeah. all the good, all any good that could come from getting into the playoffs. It's just, I don't know that it's worth it when we have so many holes in this roster and we have a chance at a much higher draft pick. Yeah. I mean, I see both sides to it too. And, and I'm like you, I'll, I'll be sitting there watching it. I'll be wanting to beat the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going to sit there in my living room, hoping we lose the game. So my hope is that I watch the game. We beat the Cowboys soundly. I would like to see Daniel Jones play really well. So we can go into the off season feeling good about him. Whether that win gets us into the playoffs or not, I don't really care. If, if it, Once it's me, once I'm in front of my television, that's what I want to see happen. But I am also in agreement with you that if we lose that game, especially if we do not look good when we do it, and that forces the Giants to, one, you know, really take some hard looks at themselves this offseason, which we've asked them to now do like three times in the last <laughs> seven years. But anyway, 
you know, if it makes forces some of those decisions and gets them a good draft pick, it's not the end of the world either, you know? So like, I, I, I don't blame anybody who's thinking along those lines, even though I won't be doing, I won't be joining them in the, in the moment, but I don't, I don't have, I don't begrudge them at all. And I don't like this, like, you're not a real Giants fan if you're thinking along those lines, even though those people bother me sometimes too, because sometimes you are just like, just shut up. All right. I'm trying to watch the game and I want to win it while I'm watching it. But I get where they're coming from also. Yeah, I think in-game is the problem. Because you can't live and die by every single, you know, play. Like, oh, what are the Giants doing? You know, uh, you know, are they trying to blow this? Or what are they trying to do? You know, you can't, yeah, yeah. Like, can't be like that. You know, I also think it's this is mean, I guess. But it, it would be kind of, I would be amused if it was the Dallas Cowboys that put the nail in the coffin for Jason Garrett in his new team. Right. <laughs> You know, That's true. especially after the season that they had. And, you know, they're I mean, you know, they're still in it for the same reason that we're still in it. But that that, you know, they came in with such high expectations this year and McCarthy and all that stuff. And then there was even a stretch of the season where it was like, oh, Dallas, maybe they made a mistake getting rid of Jason Garrett, who's with the Giants, <laughs> with right. the Giants now. Uh, <laughs> it, I would love I would, you know, I wouldn't be unhappy if jason garrett was slinking off the field having been defeated by his old team and then gets fired yeah right well let's end on that note (laughs) 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 we'll end our giants talk on that note yeah all right well uh that means brian that it's time to remind our listeners that if they'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when they're not in front of their computer, they should consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone and the Google Play Store for Android. Please also be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. So, Brian, it would appear that the New York Knicks are an actual viable basketball team this year. Maybe. Maybe. They could Maybe. Be. Can not. you – right. Are you even enter- – I'm curious. Are you in your heart even entertaining that as a serious notion? Well – Are you excited to watch the game tonight? We're recording this on a Tuesday night. The Knicks play this evening. Are you looking forward to it? I am. Scott Ishii. Yes. Yes, I am. you're excited about it. You want to watch the Knicks play basketball tonight, don't you? I do. I do. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know That's why. That's the first test I'm that being they've a- accused. <laughs> I don't know what I'm being accused of. <laughs> exactly. No, I am. And here's why. I think that our buddy Matt, who we're on a Knicks group text with, uh, he – he was saying, and I agree with him, that I think what Tibbs is going to bring us is at least some consistency of effort and intensity night to night. That, you know, we'll see, like, we have a baseline level of just intensity and care for the outcome of the game on a nightly basis that he brings that I think has definitely been lacking in our previous, I don't know, dozen coaches, like a lot. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. But. Right. What I would love to see, and I think is the thing we actually have to measure uh, Thibodeau's success by, is are, can we have consistent performances? I don't think it's possible for us to replicate the shooting night we had against Milwaukee, but can we come close? Like, do, can we just not tank it tonight? Can we not what? be 
Like I see no reason why Alfred Payton and Frank Stukina cannot go seven for seven from three point range <laughs> on a regular basis. No, so you had some sort of expectations for tonight. Yeah. Yes. I expect us to always shoot that well from three point range. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sure. But can can they, you know, they're not gonna go seven for seven. Can they go four for seven? Even three right. for seven. Three for seven between, would be great. Right. Between the two of them. If that yeah. could start happening, then it's like, okay, now let's watch the Knicks games on a re- and always be excited. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like – I just – yeah, I really liked what I've seen from them in the early going, even though they lost two games. They've played good first halves in, in all three. Um, I feel like, you know, Julius Randle has been so good, which is fun, and because he was really the, like – the turd in the punch bowl, right? Like oh, he yeah. was the guy that like, it was hard to figure out how this was going to be fun season with him playing like 35 minutes, the way he played last year, where you're like, how am I going to watch that much of this guy and have this not be just a drag? <laughs> um, and so with him playing so well, now you're like, then you're, you know, then you're watching RJ Barrett develop and like Mitchell Robinson develop and, um, I think Kevin Knox is finding it, finding a, a, a place for himself and starting to look okay. Um, and, and you know, if Toppin comes back, we'll, we'll see, you know, what happens there. It's kind of a bummer that he's hurt. But um, so for me, like if Randall's going to play like this where he's fun to watch, suddenly it's not, you know, it's not such a hateable team. Like yeah. all of a sudden, especially the way he's passing the ball, you know, and you saw it in the preseason and you were worried it was maybe a mirage, but he came out and so far three regular season games, he's doing that. Um, all of a sudden, I don't know. It's not a terrible team. Right. At least, I mean, they're a terrible team, but they're not terrible to watch or root for. Right. You know, um, and, and, and it like, it, it, I just feel like the biggest impediment to enjoying the Knicks the last couple of years is not feeling like I could get attached to anybody because totally, you know, I, you just don't care either, either. You know, it's meaningless or you don't care or whatever. If you could get attached to anybody on the team, yeah. then you got something to work with for God's sake. Right. That's so true. You know, that's so like un- unheralded part of what made like last year's team when it's like. You know, guys like um, uh, Bobby Portis and, you know, Morris or whatever. Um, Senior. Which, whichever Morris brother we happen to have. <laughs> I forget. But <laughs> Marcus. Um, Senior. You know, it's like, they're, it's not, they're, it's not these guys are bad players. It's just like, why do I care about Bobby Portis? Like, what am I investing? Right. I don't want to watch him play. Like, he makes so much sense as a bench player on a on the Bucks, Right. Where he's useful for 20 minutes. But for us, it's like, I don't want to watch him. Um, But this, to, well, yeah, I mean, I want to watch. And there's like hope that people can get better. Maybe Mitchell Robinson will be better by the end of the year than yes. he was at the start of the year. Maybe yes. Kevin Knox will be better by the end of the year than he was at the start of the year. Um, And suddenly you've got a little core that's fun. Right. And there's things too, where like, I just know what I'm looking for in each guy to know if I can care about him. Can Knox start hitting that corner three? If he can, I care that Knox is on the team and I would love to know, does Kevin Knox, the second have conversations with Dennis Smith jr. About how, (laughs) how they decided there or was it given to them why is he knox part two 
and right. Dennis Smith Jr. What's the difference between being a junior and a part two, and how does that decision get made? Right. I want to know if they if they haven't had that conversation. Kevin Knox part two and Dennis Smith Jr. You're invited officially to be guests on the Giants Among Men podcast, and I'll facilitate that discussion. I want it to happen. Right. Is Kevin Knox aware of the junior custom, and has he actively <laughs> chosen to forego it, or is he rebelliously choosing to go his own way with <laughs> with the second? Right. Like, I, I wouldn't have gone with the second, and yet I, I see the Roman numeral two, and it does feel like a no-brainer. Like, who doesn't want to be part two? Knox. Yeah, number two. Instead of junior. I don't know. But, you know, guys that you could care about, do you think – so I sort of think – I would love to start seeing stretches of games where every time down the floor, we're finding a way to get RJ the ball and he is attacking and he's either going to finish or get to the line. And that's going to be for a couple minutes. That's the offense and, and teams have to do something to stop it. Is that a fair thing to expect him to be able to do this season? And how soon should we expect to see that from him? And uh, with what kind of frequency, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I've been so encouraged by his start. Like, you know, I think what I was getting at, and I think we're always fighting at the start of this when I was accusing you of being ex- not being excited. <laughs> <laughs> but I just feel like we're so we're so beaten down by this franchise. There's such a hesitancy to ever be feel good about anything. And, and you're just like cautioning. You're like, am I deluding myself? Am I crazy? <laughs> like, I really am starting to watch like, randall and rj together it's like okay they're playing the two of them like julius randall's playing an all-star level to start this three games but i'm throwing it out there he's, he's yeah that if, his, if this kept up he's he'd be an all-star absolutely rj barrett is not playing an all-star level but he's playing as a guy on an all-star trajectory who's 20 years old right yeah. so now you're talking all right those are your two players 20 plus score close to 20 point score then you've got Mitchell Robinson, who looks to me like a starting center at the very least, possibly more than that, especially if if he can really be coached up. Now that's okay. That's that's your that's in your starting five, right? I think Kevin Knox has become. I'm I feel good enough in him that he's a rotation player. I think he's. I don't know how much better than that he's going to be, but I think he's a rotation player in the NBA. I like. I really like what he's doing, even though the statistics aren't jumping out like he just seems like to me he's figured out how to play and he impacts the game so that's like another that's exciting you know if if quickly comes back and he can keep playing like all of a sudden you've got multiple guards you can turn to maybe frank can actually be useful as a as a player defender like i don't know how high to get this Knicks team but i'm starting to see a team where like not only like am i kind of enjoying it but like where they aren't terrible like not a terrible team like two close to all-star players a good defensive center and then like that mitchell robinson noel combo like that's that's a full game of competent center play um i don't know like what what's like what's the ceiling am i am i getting insane like what's this is the ceiling still like 30 games is that as good as we can is that no that's that's a fair ceiling i guess Right, because what our over under right. is like close to twenty. Yeah. Uh, so that would be exceeding. It would be hitting the over comfortably. Uh, on our, you know, what our win total would be. So I would say that's a fair ceiling. The ceiling will probably be dictated by 
shooting, really. You know, but is that like, if, if, am I getting, am I getting so carried away thinking like, like is 35 wins, like you're insane. You're a nut. I think so. Probably. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, what, what's the eighth seed? How many wins do you need to be the eighth seed in the East this year? Roughly. Cause it's short, right? What, how many games does the season shortened by? It's 72. It's seven. Okay. So it's 72 games. What do you need to be an eighth seed in the East? You think? Right. I guess I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm not making that math adjustment either. So like, right. Um, I'm really saying like the equivalent of 35 wins in an 82 game season. So I'm terrible at math, but whatever that would be. <laughs> right. And so let's see what, what is, was Brooklyn the eight seed last year? Like, is the Knicks a 500 team? Is that your high? You're on crystal meth and yeah, you're that, drinking every day and you're getting carried away with your life. I think that's ludicrous. <laughs> A 500 basketball team? I was just thinking to myself how exciting it would be to go 500 as of tonight. Like, right. be two and two. But that would, what if they just kept doing that? I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> but the 500 to you is your, your walk. You're just like, you're huffing gas. You're, you're sniffing glue. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, you know, like, Last year, the Nets were the seventh seed in the East, and they finished the year under 500. Yeah, that, that Nets team stunk. It was not a good team. Why couldn't we be as good as that Nets team? I mean, because we're not as good as that Nets team? Why? Who's good on that Nets team? That's, that's so good, we can't match that performance. Okay, so who was arguably their best player? I guess Dinwiddie, right? Dinwiddie, Levert, Jared Allen. Jared Allen. What's it, Joe? Uh, Joe Harris. Joe Harris. Yep. And then DeAndre Jordan. Oh, they. I mean, they had Kyrie, not in the playoffs. Yeah, but on, occasionally Kyrie. That's on, true. On their on their route there, so we don't have a Kyrie. Like you know. No, we don't have that. So yeah. Kyrie Kyrie cancels out Randall. You know, Dinwiddie is probably last year's Dinwiddie probably better than RJ as he is right this moment. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean, then you get like Jared Allen, Mitch. Mitch is a better defender. Jared Allen probably, well, I don't know. Does he do more on offense? Maybe not. But that's, you know, I don't know. I still think, you know, they have Kyrie. I, I right. got, they, and, they only got, they had 20 games of Kyrie. Okay. So 20 out of their 35, they had 35 wins. I guess all the Kyrie games aren't wins either, but. Right. Um, okay. So you have the Magic well below 500 at the eighth seed. But I'm just saying 500 is crazy. Like the Nets were below 500, and you're saying we're like maybe as good as that team, but they were still below 500. Right. Okay. Below, but I'm saying like I'm really being like in that kind of, yeah, in yeah. that kind of world. I don't know. Is it crazy? Maybe not. I. I mean, a lot of things would have to go right. No, it's crazy right. though. That's crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. We just we had a really good game against the Bucks. We hit a ton of shots that we should not have hit. It's really is Alex Burke is what's how do you say Alex, Alex Burke Burks. or Alec Burks? Okay, Alec Burks is he going to get into the starting rotation? Are we going to see a lot less Reggie Bullock? Is he going to continue to play like he's playing? Would be a huge factor when quickly comes back. Is you know is he going to like fizzle out a little bit or is he going to start keep playing at, at, at a certain level? If those two, if those two can maintain what we've seen from them so far, it 
makes our chances better to to get to 30 maybe they the 30 500 is asking a lot <laughs> i don't know i mean i'm like i'm, I'm not i don't want to get deranged but i'm listen i am starting to get excited about the Knicks team that i watch like i just again i'm looking at the starting five and i think burks is going to work his way into the starting five i'm talking mitchell robinson julius randall burks barrett and alfred payton is your starting five yeah then you've got Noel, Knox, Obi, quickly. quickly, and Frank mixed in as your kind of reserves that play any meaningful role. Yeah. I don't hate that reserve group that much. I like a lot of those pieces. Come in, a little, some excitement, some mixture of defense and offense. See, you're much higher on Knox than I am, even currently. I don't need, I Tell me, what, what are you seeing? What is it that you're liking so much about the way Knox has played this year? I just he seems assertive when he's in there, and uh, he's he's so much stronger, and he's like physical, and he's not knocking down shots quite as much as I would like, but I I think he's going to. Um, so I I don't know I like I like what I'm seeing from Kevin Knox. Like to me, I, I just see a lot of talent there. He's his size, like he can handle the ball. Um, he's not um the liability defensively that he's been yeah. in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, he seems to be doing a lot of everything. Like, so, like, like against the Bucks, he played 26 minutes. He had seven points, four boards, two assists. Like, that's that's a nice little game off the bench, and, and that's yeah. like the, what he's been doing is like a few points, a little scoring, rebounding, like a little bit of everything. No longer a sieve on defense. I don't know. I I I, I like him as our first guy off the bench right now. Okay. Well. Um, I would say tonight. Tonight, look, tonight's a big game. I, I'm not. I'm not even joking. Honestly, yeah, it's a big game because how well I think it's big for Tibbs because how well are they going to play as a team coming off that Bucks upset? It's a big game for Knox and Burks to show a little consistency. Uh, I mean, everybody has to show a little consistency. They have to win tonight. They, you got to take care of Cleveland. <laughs> okay. I don't. Know. I don't know if I'm prepared to say it's a must win this evening, but but but. No, must win. That's it. I wanted to keep going so bad. Like, I just am starting to feel like you could see this little thing developing where suddenly we'd go into next offseason with some promising pieces with the with the two draft picks and some cap space. You know, I feel like I've been on a deserted island and I see something in the distance. I don't know if it's a boat or a plane or or nothing. <laughs> Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's a mirage. mirage. I am like, right. uh, you know, I might be just, I might be so thirsty that I'm, it's a, <laughs> a fever dream I'm having, but I feel like somebody on a desert Island and I see something. I There's just... something there. And you're on that Island with me and you don't see anything. You can't see it. I'm like, it's right there. No. You see it, and you're <laughs> telling me you don't see it. Right. You're crazy. <laughs> right. We're going to go all the way over there. there. We're going to die we're gonna die out here and i'm like no i see something you don't see anything there's nothing no. i see something no. Scott. something's the, there on this note we're ending the radio show thank you for listening radio free brooklyn uh find us on social media now we're in bonus time brian and i just i know i get it we're in i we're in the desert i just i don't trust the kevin knox holding that big <laughs> container of water that <laughs> the canister of water 
a fresh, maybe a tray of sparkling water with some lime in it. It's right. he's standing there waiting for us. And I don't think he's really there, Brian. I think we're going to get there and he's going to drop it. And just... <laughs> and Frank is going to fumble it everywhere. You're like, no, right. Right. Well, Frank, I I don't know. I, I just, I'm always so cautious to get rosy about them. Just also because too, I don't want to fall into some stupid trap either where some of those guys start to play okay. And then we're starting to talk about how good they are. You know what I right. mean? I don't want to fall into that trap either. But then again, I guess, like, no one ever is going to assume that the Knicks are better than they are at this point. Right. And and there's no, like, I don't know. There's no downside. I don't know. We're not, like, we're so early in this new regime, too. Like, I mean, there's never a reason to give the Knicks the benefit of the doubt. And, and, and people do for some reason still like some people do and they don't deserve that but it's also like we don't have to like never believe that maybe something um they got two promising players in that starting five i don't know i'm finding myself getting sucked in to i like a lot of the things i and i liked i you know i think i was um negative you know really not excited about the Thibodeau hiring and you were much more like that's the guy they should get and I think you were right like they this is exactly who they needed they have all these young guys and 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 the people who try to use that against him like oh don't get him don't get him because we have all these young guys it's like no that's exactly absolutely like I mean we need like I love he calls a timeout like 30 seconds into a quarter just yeah. like no that was horrible i hate what i just saw you know like that's that is exactly what we need like kevin knox needs this exact kind of coach you know like yeah so mitchell robinson needs this exact kind of coach like yeah for sure and i maybe i don't know you know i just i don't know i agree i hope we win tonight um i hope when people are listening to this that we haven't lost like three straight in horrible fashion. <laughs> <laughs> and then I will come on next week and I will apologize to you because I can send, I'm trying to break through your cynicism about the Knicks and I want I want you to open your heart a little bit and believe in them. Okay. All right. So, all and right. Take the blow. I want you to take the punch with me. <laughs> okay. See, and here's the thing, too, when – and this is part of it. Part of it is definitely – so, again, our listener – we sh- maybe we should get Matt on here at some point. We should get Matt on. In fact, yeah. Matt's coming on next week, and we're going to talk about the Knicks. I agree. But I, I just think, like, my feeling about the Knicks recently goes back to – I thought Matt convinced me that the Porzingis trade ended it that we were getting Kyrie and Kevin Durant based off. Yeah. And I bought it hook, line, and sinker because otherwise the trade had made no sense. We didn't do it at the deadline. We didn't get anything back. We got nothing. Why are we doing this? The only, right. we, we salary dumped the best player we've had in 10 years. Right. So, so why on earth would anybody do that? It must be because we know. Because we already have a signed contract in a drawer. Right future dated you know post dated or whatever so all right matt has convinced me i'm all in and i could not be happier about it and then all the events that unfolded unfolded 
And I and you were right. The whole time I was I was telling you, what are you doing? Let your guard right. down, enjoy it. There's no way. And you were not ready to take that punch. And I <laughs> I don't know why. Because I am so cynical about them. But I right. walked up to them like this. Just right. I was expecting a warm hug. And I got punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. I got Julius Randled in the face. <laughs> okay? And, right. And then, and so, you didn't take that punch with me. That's true. Now, you're asking me to take this punch. And, yeah, all right. I'll take the punch. Look, tonight's a big game. No, I, tonight's a big game. This week. This week is a big week. It's a big we week. We got to get get us into January yeah. being excited. Yeah. But you're right. It seemed like you were like, there's no way they're just rolling the dice by trading Porzingis. <laughs> I was like, no, they are. They are absolutely. It's just a gamble. <laughs> right. They just think they're getting those two guys. They don't know. Right. They have no assurance at all. No. They're just hoping that they will. Yeah. And that's and exactly they what they did. But this could be better. Maybe... You know, it's also, that's the other part of it too, right? It's like, I don't want to be the Nick fan that's like, I didn't even want those two guys because this is more fun, you know? Like, yeah. it's that's pathetic and embarrassing. But <laughs> I didn't want those two guys and this is more fun for me and I want this. So I am, I'm on the other side of that where I really didn't want to root for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and I wanted to root for a young team that we could like watch and they could belong to us and whatever. So I am motivated for that to be true. So they and I, I don't that they may not. They might all be bad. But to be clear, I want that to be true too, and I prefer that to getting the hired guns from the out of town people. You know, look, I'm a Yankees fan too, so I understand the core four is more special than A Rod and Tejero right, and all those right. other guys. So, but I, I, I definitely prefer this way. I just had no confidence it was going to happen, and. I was pissed at both the Knicks and Matt. I was angry at Matt. And maybe that's displaced anger because I should only blame myself for falling right. for it because that's unacceptable. But somehow he got me all riled up as he tends to do. And I was so all in. And I just. I know. When you think of what that, that off season last year, when there was all the like memes going around of like Zion uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in Knicks uniforms, and that we end up with Julius Randle, <laughs> R.J. Barrett, Marcus Morris, Bobby Portis, Wayne Ellington, <laughs> <laughs> whoever else they signed. What the, and that whole thing where they then went on this bizarre spending spree for power forwards, <laughs> Taj Gibson, Taj and... Gibson, right? What? <laughs> What were they doing? What were they doing? I don't know. What were they doing? Right. I, I got to stop holding that against Julius Randle. It's not his fault, and I get it, and he didn't ask for it. And, you know, I'm willing to get over. I am I am opening my, my arms to Julius Randle. Yeah, I think, and, and I think what hurt Julius Randle is that he knew that he was this consolation prize, and I think he wanted so desperately to be enough. And it's like, no, no, no. One, you, you could never fill that void. Right. And you're only making it worse. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I can't say how, but you are. It's been you a lot are. worse. You're making it worse. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, 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 I'm, I'm becoming more open to Julius Randle. RJ, let's talk about RJ for a second. Here's my problem with RJ is... 
Like, I just want it. Here's here's what makes it easier for me to move forward. Can we just acknowledge RJ is not as good as Zion or John Morant? And look, it's similar to the Odell trade where, you know, is there a world where RJ ends up having a better career than either of those guys? It's possible. John Morant's really small. Maybe he ends up frail. Maybe he ends up really injury prone. You know, maybe RJ is more durable and it's one of those. He doesn't have the wow factor, but his numbers over time pan out where he's a better player. Same with Zion. I mean, you know, the guy jumped, literally exploded a shoe by jumping. So, you know, that could work both ways. That could work for you or against you or whatever. You know, I I don't want to – I'm just saying he's the third guy in a two-person draft. And it's not that that's the worst thing in the world and that's also not his fault – I don't know why I hold that against him. I just do. It's not him. It's the Knicks. Yeah, I know what you mean. There was definitely this like effort to be like, no, this was good. This was the good. This was a right. a fortunate thing that happened to us. And it's like, no, it was a disaster. Yes. But I do think that he um, has been sort of, there was this, he's been like unfairly, dismissed i think you know this is the guy like rj barrett before he went to duke he was the top recruit like when he and zion went there there was much more hype about rj barrett than there was zion williamson now zion is better and will be better i think um but rj barrett is not like worthless garbage he isn't the worst consolation prize and then like went out there last year and i thought was impressive even though like there were a lot of flaws in his game. He's like a 19 year old who was asked to shoulder a ton and seemingly got better and better. And then this year there's a lot to like about what he's able to do. Yeah. Um, and he's all, now you're looking at a guy who's averaging, you know, 18, five and five and is 20 years old and plays good defense. He did get pantsed by Ben Simmons. He did. He, I mean, he shot poorly, but like, he does even that game like he does other things um when he's not shooting like he he you know he grabs boards he facilitates he's again i think he's a plus defensive player like i don't know he just shot poorly he's gonna have those nights and he is but like i think any franchise in the nba would be excited to have a 20 year old who is as good as rj barrett yeah i agree with that I mean, I think that's fair. How good is he, though? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. But, like, let's say he's – is – let's say he, you know, finishes this year, like, where you're talking about, like, 25 and 5, let's say. And then he's 20 years old. I mean, that's, like – Yeah. That's pretty great. No, right. <laughs> if he ends up with 20 – if he ends up averaging 25 a game, I would be very excited about that. Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, like, 20 points, 5 boards, 5 assists. Right. Like – like that and shoots 45 percent from the field or something like that you know not right that's a really promising player and i think that's possible from what i've seen of him i I think i i definitely think that's i think that is absolutely possible i guess that's what drive what's like you know i want to i want a space to properly properly embrace rj i don't want you know I, i just it annoys me when it's like, well, oh, you know, maybe he is better. He's not better than those guys. Stop. Like, yeah, we yeah. didn't. Well, that's just not what it is, and it doesn't need to be that. You know. Right. Right. Okay. We All didn't right. win by losing. We lost, but we we the thing that we did get, I think, is actually maybe a little better than 
was than people act like you know like i i think the third player in a two-player draft like i think he's better than that like i think he i think he's going to be somebody who 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 matters you know well right and i think it's it's also it's more that you know the two players were on a on a very high level the drop-off's not so steep to rj it's not about how bad the rest of the draft was including rj it was more about how how good those two are or have been yeah like they single-handedly changed their franchise direction he's not that for us but he's he's he changes the a lot he changes a lot yeah i'll say that if he really is like a borderline all-star he changes a lot like he becomes where now you can get guys you can when you add pieces in the draft it has an impact right um, or a more attractive landing spot for somebody because he's already here. He's already here, and he's you know, and he, I, I like it. I like the way he's going about it. Like he seems like he really cares. You know, he works his ass off. Um, I like him. <laughs> okay. I like that he plays defense. There's no questions about his defense. Like, I like him. All right. I will. I am excited about tonight's game. Because I think it's so pivotal. It's going to really, it's going to say a lot about how I feel about a lot of guys tonight. But. Yeah. They cannot pull a stinker against. I was like, I sent you that picture, that picture of Daniel Jones and RJ Barrett. Yes. Where they're embracing each other. And it's just like, what are we going to think about that photo in 10 years? (laughs) I was like, the most fascinating. I'm so interested to see. Yeah. But from both sides, are they both worthless? And we end up, it's like. I don't know. I couldn't decide. I spent a good 15 to 20 minutes staring at that photo, <laughs> trying to decide if I loved it or hated it. And if it if I thought it was a really great sign or the worst omen I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and we'll, in fact, we'll post that on social media and we'll, uh, maybe we'll solicit some audience feedback, how they view it. Is it the sign of the apocalypse? Or does it make them hopeful? Or sad or concerned. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't decide. I I want you to post it as a poll which I, that I fully intend on voting in. Right. <laughs> and I feel like I know how I'm voting. I think RJ – I said this to you today. I texted this to you today that I, I think at least RJ with the free throw shooting, I thought that was going to be a problem. I don't think it is anymore or I, don't, I think that's going to be addressed properly. The Daniel Jones fumbling I thought was not a problem, I think is and i feel like you don't think either is a problem i don't think either is a problem I'm not worried about either of those things not a problem i've i i've flipped the thing i thought was a problem i don't think is a problem anymore the thing i didn't think it was a problem i think it's a huge problem <laughs> well we'll soon see yeah on and that note uh, oh, and uh, on Friday night i'll be watching uh, ohio state play clemson in the college football playoff with my dad oh exciting I'm excited about that. Um, I don't know if that's going to be good or bad. Right. I don't, that's yeah. That, another speaking of good omen or bad omen. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out what that one means. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I should. I wish I could like live feed that. That would just be right. uh, beautiful. Uh, I think if, if Ohio State is winning, it's going to be awesome. And if they're not, I'm going to be like, just stop it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. And uh, a happy new year. You as well. So, yeah, the next time we speak, will it be 2021? I think, yes. 
I think so. Oh, man. Great. New beginning. Yeah. Fresh. I'm not one of these anti-New Year's guys. I like New Year's. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. I like to turn the page. I like the whole ritual. Yeah. Ending a year. New beginnings. Maybe this year will be better. That's what I think to myself every New Year's Day. Maybe this year will be better. Right. That's usually not. But sometimes. No. And then you learn, as we have learned many times, it can always get worse. It can get a little worse. <laughs> Maybe it'll be worse. Right. But if I still like that day. If 2020 like taught us day. everything, anything, it could get worse. It can always get worse. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brian. We'll see you next week. All righty.